Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing. From beautiful Huntington Beach, California, on the HealthyLife.net radio network, heard in all 50 states and 135 countries on the All Positive Talk radio network. Welcome to all my listeners out there in Radioland. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at CaregiverDave.com. And we are proud to be voted number one Caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and number two Caregiver podcast on Spot out of the top 60 and number two Caregiver Podcast on CaringVillage.com, and we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. Eileen Forrestal, Mm -hmm. and the name of the show is The Courage to Shine. After 32 years as a medical doctor caring for patients, Eileen left medicine to explore the opportunity of encouraging people to care for themselves and each other using the power of words. And after 20 years of putting people to sleep, she's now in the business of waking people up. Eileen, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. Thank you for having me on. Now, um, before we get started with you, I just want to thank briefly my last week's guest, Kathay Reda. She has a BA in music, 37-year career in adult literacy, spanning local, statewide, and national levels. And just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, or the healthylife.net archive network. Or we have 26 platforms like iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo. The list goes on and on. Welcome to the show. And I just want to ask you, we like to ask our guests the very first question. Who is Eileen Forrestal and why was she placed on this earth? That's your question. Oh, if only my mother was here to answer that question. (laughs) Yes, mothers can always answer that question. My mother would say, this is my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, she's here to, oh, I don't know, brighten up the world, whatever. Eileen, actually, she probably calls me Eileen. It's it's the the kind of version of Helen, and the Helen is about light. So probably most of my life is kind of about light. I would just always put the lights on and, and of Christmas because it's like all about colored lights and I'm always about lighting up things like, you know, lighting up and keep it light and colored lights and fairy lights and Christmas lights and <laughs> all that. So something like that. That's what my that's, mother would say. That's really. I have to agree with her. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the origins of burnout because caregivers and employees, I mean, a lot of people burn out, but caregivers especially burn out because they, they put their needs first, they give and give and give, and then there's nothing left to give, and then 30% of them actually die before their loved ones do, and uh, another 50 or 60% get sicker and need a caregiver of their own. And that leaves only 10% that are really healthy caregivers. So what are the origins of burnout? Stress-related? 
Oh, I would have to agree it's stress-related, yeah. I think the caregivers probably put a lot of expectations on themselves to care. And then it's about caring for other people and this person and this person and longer. And I just, yeah, it's like the human being can only do so much. The human body can only do so much. The human mind can only do so much. And... Uh, they didn't, have a lot of, they didn't have a lot of time to prepare. Many of them just were they, drafted into caregiving. You know, exactly. one day they're, they're somebody else, the next day they're a caregiver. I didn't even know what a caregiver was when I became one. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think so. Like, you know, I think when they've done it professionally, you know, I'm looking at it from a professional point of view, but I've known obviously lots of people who personally have had to care for, you know, either children who are sick or elderly parents or spouses or whatever. So there's a huge gamut of people that you have to care for. And, if, and they uh, don't get paid. And they don't get paid for it, which makes it even harder. Well, they certainly, they don't get paid, no, they certainly don't, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, support not quite there, you know, you have to really fight for things, you know, some people have to fight for, for things, for justice, or fight for, fight for what you need when you're fighting for another person, and then it's just extraordinary what can be achieved then, when you have somebody who's fighting for somebody, suddenly something then comes into place and thousands of people would benefit. And if you hadn't thought for that, if you hadn't been presented with that, then, you know, it mightn't have proven to be uh, another opportunity. I've had amazing experience of that as well, where, you know, it's just, it wouldn't have happened if this person hadn't taken it on as a personal mission to deal with it for other people. You know, I yeah. have a... You know, a friend here, she's caring now for a 96-year-old father, and she's just really what she pushes out there in terms of getting support for carers, because she has a powerful voice. Not every carer has a powerful voice. You know, some people are very quiet. In the background, they're just caring. And it's like you need somebody to speak up for you, or you hope somebody somewhere is speaking up for you. And we have to be grateful for the people who do speak up, for the people that don't speak up. And then what it takes then for maybe for us to speak up and raise our little voice and say, wait a minute, no, I need something here too, you know. So. Well, have you ever been a caregiver? Not in a, I mean, I cared for my mom here when she was um, in her 80s. But she was quite independent. She didn't really want to be cared for. You had to care for her from a distance. <laughs> acting she like just, she was Irish, huh? She was, well, she was quite independent, and she didn't want to be any trouble. That was her thing. She didn't want to be any trouble. So you had to certainly let her know that she was absolutely no trouble, and it was a pleasure. You know, and it, it was actually a pleasure. She was actually really nice. <laughs> she was, you know, she was just very frail and she was very forgetful and she took <laughs> the wrong turn out of the bathroom and, you know, she. Sounds like my mother. <laughs> oh, she do all those things and you just have to kind of be, you know, kind of a little bit fun about it and, you know, try and yeah. kind of lighten it a little bit because she'd be very kind of sorry and she'd be all apologizing and you think, I don't know, you know. <laughs> so you do have to make it a kind of a, I don't know, you have to make it work for you in some way that you, <laughs> you feel yourself, you're having I don't know, squeezing some little morsel of, you know, joy or some little thing morsel out of this opportunity that you probably wouldn't otherwise have, you uh, know. I'm, as, I'm assuming that she's no longer with us. No, she's not. No, she died. She died six years ago. Six so how did ago. she die and was anyone caring for her and uh, how did that go? Well, actually, that was quite extraordinary. Um, no, she, 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 she had never really... Um, she didn't want to be a burden, number one. That was her main yeah. thing. Didn't want to be a burden. So, and then I had, and she, what, what she would say to me is, Eileen, well, you're a doctor. You've no bedside manner. 
you know, <laughs> you'd never have made a nurse. <laughs> My mother had been a nurse, and she was ah. a really good nurse. But she decided that nurses and doctors were different. <laughs> Absolutely. So, but she also said that if she ever really needed care, like really care, she would go into a nursing home. That's what she said. Wow. So I was kind of so every so often, you know, she'd come and she'd visit me or whatever, or even when she was living with me, we'd go around and we. Look, we check into the nursing homes regularly, you know, and she'd go and she'd say hello to everyone. She said, I'm not ready to come in yet, you know, <laughs> but it's great that you're here checking and you're going to behave and checking it out and checking out the view from the window <laughs> and who was there, but not yet, not yet, not yet. And uh, it so happened then I was, actually, her sister was in a nursing home, different nursing home in, you know, about 40 miles away. And uh, I was going away at a particular time, and there wasn't going to be anybody to care for her here. So she could have gone to my brother, but she said his children were young, didn't want to be bothered there. So she said, I'll just go in and visit, and I'll stay with my sister for the three weeks that you're away, and then I'll have my time in with, with her, and then I'll come back out and I'll stay with you. I said, that's fine, no problem. You mean check <laughs> in like she lived there? Well, she could just check in for respite, like for kind of a holiday, and she was yeah. doing it for a respite. They had that facility here. She could do that, you know. Okay. So anyway, she did that for the three weeks, and then when I came back from holiday, she said, actually, Eileen, it's okay. I really like it here. I think <laughs> I'll stay. Oh, <laughs> and I'm saying, oh. fortunate for both of you. Exactly. So she really felt that, you know, it was really nice. She just loved that notion. Again, she had been a nurse. She had been to boarding school. She was very fond of the, the kind of the group, um, you know, the community. Oh. And there was people and there was more people there. And then she didn't feel that she was, you know. So anyway, that was it. And then she just, you know, she was there for six months and she just died peacefully in her sleep one night. No problem. There was no, she didn't get sick. She just, it was like she got a little bit bored. And, uh, and how old was she? She was 89. Wow. And yeah. her sister was still living when she died? Her sister was still living when she died. Yeah, her sister lived for another four years. She wow. just died last year. I yeah. bet she was lonely. She was lonely. She was lonely. Yeah, she was. Because my mom was actually very a happy person, where her sister was quite a sad person. So my mom spent a lot of time cheering up my, <laughs> her sister. Did it work? Was it contagious? It was, I think she tried. It wasn't really contagious. Mom had probably been trying to do it for her whole life. <laughs> you know, trying to cheer up Eeyore, the, uh, the... A little, a little bit, yeah, a little bit, you know, she was just, I suppose, yeah, I suppose people have different personalities and some people are just maybe, you know, cheerier than others, you know, we're not all the same. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but that's, yeah. Let me ask you a philosophical question. So if burnout is the symptom, what is the disease? Yeah. I think the disease is the stress. I think it is the stress that people put on themselves. I think there's the expectation to be, you know, the, the, the like the, you know, the carer extraordinaire. And without saying, you need to ask for support. I think carers do not either ask for support or expect that it's not there or a bit like my mom, you don't want to burden people and you don't want to trouble people. So rather than just saying, I really need somebody here, I really need this, you know, I need it for, you know, a short time or whatever. So it's, you know, and it might not always be forthcoming. You might not always get the help that you want. But I, I do think that somehow we have to regard our own health as important. And we have to say at some point, you know, I can't keep going like this. I need some support. I need somebody to help me. I need some respite. <laughs> and then if you can't do it, maybe you can tell me somebody yeah. who can. You know, and follow the trail. You know, somebody somewhere will, will. I, I think, you know, as I say, ask, and we probably get what we asked for. I think if somebody said, I do a lot of quotes, and we said, we actually get what we have the courage to ask for. Yes. 
But it's hard to believe that you had a 94 or 84-year-old mother because you look so young. Do you mind if we ask how old you are? Or you're not yeah, I'm 62. Oh, wow. You are very young. You're <laughs> even younger than me. And that's hard to do yeah, because your, your skin is so uh, soft and smooth and have a nice complexion. So See all that Irish air. So when, that you, when are you going to start uh, interviewing <laughs> the nursing homes and say, I'm not ready yet, I'm just checking, I'm just checking. <laughs> I know. No, no, no. I, I look, I, who knows? Who knows how long I am for this earth? You know, I kind of look every day as a bonus. Yes. Are you, are you married? <laughs> no. No, I don't not married and I don't have children. All right, guys. Every day is a bonus. <laughs> she's single and she's available and she's in the beautiful land of Ireland. Yeah, she's, she's very lucky, actually. No, I do regard myself as very blessed. I do, I do thank my mother actually for all the kind of the spirit that she gave me. <laughs> we're, we're, we're quite alike, you know. Yeah, for both of you. Hmm? So, yeah. so uh, it's almost like um, being burned out is, uh, you know, the, the expression. I don't know if it's an Irish expression or an American expression. Burning the candle at both ends. Um, what, what do you have to say about that? Well, it's, maybe 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 burning the candle at both ends is a little bit harsh, you know. But I think sometimes if you're burning, you know, if you feel burnt out, then you kind of maybe have a coping strategy. Some people maybe go party or maybe drink <laughs> too much. <laughs> so the coping strategies, even if you're Irish, <laughs> so the coping strategies that you have may not be the healthiest, you know. Yeah. So you know it might be. So I think you have to take care that the candle is finite. <laughs> The candle is finite. It will burn out eventually, but you know that it burns that it burns out kind of slowly, you know. And it just and there's a nice gentle glow to the candle, you know. <laughs> you know, we only have a look. We've got a short. We don't know how long we have. We don't know how long each candle is going to be. How long life that we have. And I kind of have it that there's a certain. I don't know. Look, growing up as Catholic, we were kind of we were sort of told that we were supposed to. I don't know, suffer quite a lot. And <laughs> I don't really buy that. I didn't really think that. I. I uh, I didn't like that notion. I thought, well, why couldn't we really have, like, why couldn't we really enjoy stuff? Well, I mean, people are really great, and, you know, you, some people are very fortunate, and, okay, it's tough for a lot of people. I'm not saying that, but it's not all bad all the time for everybody. There are bright things in everybody's life, and as we say, if, you know, if life seems dull, you know, you polish up the shiny side, <laughs> there will be the silver lining. There will be something to focus on. There will always be something positive to look at. And then that's what we need to keep doing that to keep ourselves looking at the upside. Because if you keep looking at the downside, that's all you'll see is more and more and more downside. And if you listen to the news and listen to the media and have a lot of, you know, negativity in your life and about how much of a struggle it is and how awful it is and how terrible it is, that's exactly what, that's exactly what we just keep, keep having that. So it's like we could have that for a bit and then you think, well, actually, is there an upside to this? Is there something? Is there kind of something, some merit to it? Is there some, something else to be found in this side? So I know I've moved away from the candle at both ends. Thing, but that's kind of what I do. I get distracted. Yeah. The nursing home that your mother was in, because nursing homes are not cheap. They're very expensive. Uh, the one that my mother was at, uh, she was at an uh, independent living, then she went to assisted living, then she went to a nursing home. But mm. we're talking like $3,500 a month or more. Um, yeah. how, did, how did your mother afford that? Or are things different in Ireland? Do they pay for everything? Well, things are a little bit different in Ireland. No, if, I tell you, if you don't have anything, you, if it will be paid for. So you will, you will have it if you don't have anything. But if you have something, you have to sell it. So my mom, you know, sold her house. Okay. 
because she wasn't living it. She came to live with me, and then she had that, and then she could use that. And then she also had, you know, a widow's pension. You know, my dad died, and he yeah. left her a small pension. So she had that. So it was like, and then she didn't want anything anymore. She didn't want anything. She was trying to give it away, you know, the little bit that she had. She'd sort of give it away. You know, oh, you needed a new blouse, or you needed, you know, you needed to go out for a nice meal or shoes or something. So, you know. It sounds I like a delightful yeah. lady. Uh, you that, yeah. But, so I, I do think, yeah, I think I in, in Ireland it's probably, oh, look, yeah, I know. You always miss your mom, you know. But look at she left me here. Don't <laughs> <laughs> no worry, you'll see her again. Uh, sure. Oh, yeah. I see her every day, actually. I, I have a photograph in the kitchen, actually, a beautiful photograph, and it's just at the chair that I sit. So I actually chat to her every day. We chat away, and we kind of, you know, well, I don't chat, but you know, she's there. She's watching. Well, she's not far. So um, the concept of self-care, you know, taking care of yourself, putting your mm -hmm. own oxygen mask on first, as the airlines mm -hmm. tell us, why is that necessary, and... And how do we do it if we're not used to putting our needs first? I mean, you know, even the Bible says, love others the way you love yourself. A lot of people don't love themselves. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, it's kind of rule number one. You know, you do have to acknowledge, you know, what you, you know, even the role that you're in, if you're in the caring role, you really have to acknowledge and congratulate yourself for taking it on, you know, and actually doing it. And then look and see that all that you've achieved or accomplished, you know, and really, that's what kind of person would do that. You know, you are a very, you know, you've got to really find that little person in yourself. They actually, do you know what? You're a, you're a really, you're a nice person. <laughs> you're a nice person that you would do that, that you would, that you would care. So you do have to find that little person and then take care of them and actually have them that there are moments of joy in life and then give yourself moments of joy. And I think mostly moments of joy are really, really good conversations with friends, you know? Yeah. If they're just, or even just chatting conversations with people, you know, you can chat away with somebody, you can have a really nice time over a cup of tea for like 10 minutes, you know, or you can, I don't know, you can just like those little moments of self-care, that's kind of, you know, anything that makes you smile is a moment of self-care, that's oxygen for your soul, you know? Sure. you know, you don't necessarily have to be, you know, pampering yourself or, you know, retail or buying something or whatever, there's little bits of nourishment that you could just have that probably when you're connecting with another person who thinks you're great, even if you have a small dog who thinks is my dog thinks I'm the best thing ever, <laughs> honestly, time spent with my small dog is just magical. I also have a small cat. They purr. They sit on your lap and they purr. That's a moment of self-care, I promise you. That's true. And, and so many they're, all, people, they're much smaller moments, I think, than we think, you know. Many people should get some pets. Uh, they have good, good company for the caregiver and good company for the loved one as well. Oh, absolutely. Just so, they're so, so intuitive, you know, and they're just that silent totally accepting they just come they snuggle they walk they don't say anything there's no judgment it's that unconditional love exactly and you know and so many i suppose you know even a lot of people that we care for you know it's like they're so grateful you know and possibly not everybody can express their gratitude but it's it's just to kind of acknowledge just to know that it's there even though it's not expressed sometimes yeah or it's hard to be expressed. We're going to yeah. take a short break, so we will be right back. Don't go away.
One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words by Dave Nassani is the book that helps you overcome and perhaps even prevent the hardships associated with strokes. Dave takes you on his journey and experience with his own wife, Charlene, a stroke survivor. This book tells you everything about strokes to help you and your loved ones survive without making costly mistakes that may save a life or a brain from irreparable damage. One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words. The book is available on Amazon.com or order it from fine bookstores everywhere. Okay, so you have a couple of days off and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Guilt, fear, loneliness, burnout. These are just some of the things caregivers feel. But now there's hope. CaregiverDave.com is a membership website with an understanding community designed around supporting you. With a little perspective, planning, and practical help, you can become a thriving caregiver. Start by visiting CaregiverDave.com. Get weekly calls, practical solutions, and free resources. Plus, when you sign up, you'll get a 30-minute coaching call free. Don't wait. Go to caregiverdave.com and join now. Audiobooks gives you instant access to over 50,000 of the best sellers and hottest book titles in romance, mystery, fiction, and many other genres. Just visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Audiobooks to get started. Reclaim your caregiver sanity with Dave Nassani's book, It's My Life Too. Caring for someone with an illness or condition who is expected to live for a relatively long period of time is a specific and unique challenge. This book pinpoints the needs and strategies a caregiver must do for themselves in order to survive, thrive, and make caregiving a rewarding, gratifying experience. So get your copy of It's My Life Too today or buy one for your special caregiver. It's My Life Too is available at Amazon.com and Caregiver Dave. You're listening to HealthyLife.net. Millions of listeners know the secret. Now you do too. Positive talk 24 hours a day, every day. And we're back on the Caregiver Dave Show with our guest, Eileen Forstow. Now, are you an author? I am. You am? What is the name of your book? The recent book. The book is called The Courage to Shine. The Courage to Shine, yes. So Shine, yes. Let's talk about your book and what what does the title mean and what do you hope to get out of it, uh, you know, the people who buy it? Yeah. Well, Courage to Shine, it's a memoir, and it's technically, you know, a sort of a mini autobiography, and it's like, oh, who am I to write books? Like, what have I done in my life? Like, You get the who am I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not a lot. I'm just an ordinary person who said, okay, I'll write a book. Somebody said, oh, you have a story. You can write. You can write that. And I said, well, sure, maybe so. So, um, and it was just that really when I, um, you know, I can come on here and I can chat away to you on this, you know, whatever, podcast, radio, whatever, and it could go out to all those countries or whatever. For most of my life, that would have been a death sentence for me. It was like I would have shot myself rather than 
<laughs> rather than come on the radio, you know, or anything like that. Like I had a stammer when I was a child and I just did not want to talk at all to anybody. I couldn't. I couldn't get the words out. <laughs> so I just really didn't speak really much, like at all. So, you know, I listened a lot. But, you know, if you were going to talk in public, I just didn't have that. So I, I just didn't do it. And uh, it took me everything, I think at some point, just the courage to actually speak, speak up and risk that what came out of my mouth might actually be intelligible. <laughs> so, it, but it, I mean, that took something. And then since then, I kind of got, my goodness, you know, what I didn't say for all of those years, what I didn't say. And the really important thing that I didn't say, like you're saying it was like my mom, like I had a fabulous relationship with my mom, kind of at the end of her life, at the beginning of her life, I did not have a good relationship with her. I mean, it was like, there was, in fact, until I kind of really kind of got over myself, <laughs> would you say, I blamed her for the fact that I had a stammer. So, and she blamed herself for the fact that she was, you know, she had left out the junior aspirin and I had taken the overdose, so I had to have the washout and then I developed the stammer and then as far as I was concerned, my life was over. Oh my. <laughs> like, and then, so she kind of then was like, you know, oh my God, you know, trying to kind of make it better for me. And I'm like, it's never be better for me. It's like, you know, <laughs> like I so can you almost never died. be able to speak in my whole life, you know. You almost exactly. died, they saved your life and you had a stammer as a result. Exactly, but I didn't see it from that point of view. <laughs> I just thought from it's not fair, and it's all your fault. <laughs> and how old were you at that point? I was three. My goodness. So anyway, so a lot of that, so really when I, so a lot of things, so, uh, you know, for most of the time I was like, I was given out to my mother, it was like, a, I was mean, I was like, you know, everything she said, I was contrary, and it was like, no, I just wouldn't let her, you know, I wouldn't let her look after me at all, I mean, I was completely utter rebel. And then it was like, so the, you know, the tagline is find your voice and discover the healing power of your words, you know. And like when I finally kind of got over myself, I said, freaking heck, I mean, you know, my goodness, your mother was amazing. She saved your life exactly as you said, right? And, you know, and gave me this great sense, like I had my education, lovely home, you know, and I had all the things that I wanted, you know, I wanted to go on holiday, but you went on holiday, a really, really good life. And I kept thinking, oh my goodness, mommy, you were brilliant. I'm really sorry. I was such a contrary, you know, teenager or whatever. So, and I think once I kind of will be able to, you know, tell her that I loved her and how great she was and everything, it's suddenly everything it became so much easier. We didn't have to fight anymore. We didn't have to have any of that kind of niggly, you know, back and forth. She's trying to complain about my whatever. It was like, no, oh my God, she's amazing. Well, how does a three-year-old know that that's what happened to her? Do you remember or somebody told you or what? Oh, she told me. My mother told me everything. Really? <laughs> you mean that when you were older, when you can remember, when you can understand? Well, look, at it was the family story for as long as I remember. The story of Eileen and the tablets. You know, it was just it, the family it, folklore. Everyone would laugh. Huh? It was a oh, everyone story. would laugh, and oh, this, this, and of course, Eileen, typical, you know, you she'd, be the one, she'd be the one that'd get the things, you know. Although I wasn't really laughing, no, you kind of had to laugh a little bit along with it, but <laughs> it really wasn't very funny. It was miserable. I mean, it was absolutely miserable. <laughs> couldn't. Now, will caregivers like your book? Well, I think so. What I did think they learn I'd... from your book, Caregivers? Burned out caregivers. Well, it's not, you know, I think everybody, everybody somewhere is a caregiver. Everybody somewhere is a caregiver. And whether you're caregiving to somebody else or you're caregiving to yourself or you should be, everybody is a caregiver. And some people do it professionally, some people do it compassionately or altruistically or, you know, volunteer capacity, but everybody's a caregiver. 
And I think at some point it's to kind of realize what we're saying about being a caregiver and to whom the people that we're engaged in giving care. <laughs> so it's an, and we can see it perhaps as a, you know, a, a, a privilege at some point or we see it as something else. If we can look at caregiving from another perspective and really then value what we do, value the care that you're giving. And then that this person is in front of you. That person is blessed that you're the person giving the care to them. I mean, can you, you know, to put yourself and really kind of step outside yourself a little bit and say, well, if you were watching somebody else doing what you're doing over there, would you not think that they were great? (laughs) So look at yourself and think, well, gosh, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, I need to acknowledge, you know, acknowledge the caregiver in you a little bit more. So I think there might be something in that. Yeah. Let me and ask you. to do that because, like I said, not everybody wants to, you know, find that person in there that they love. They want to kind of, yeah. oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not good enough as a caregiver, or I'm messing it up, or they don't like me, or whatever. I don't know what, you know. There's lots of different reactions. I think for sure, people sure. who are giving their care to, yeah, some people accept it, some people don't. So I, I spoke at uh, at a TEDx talk, and my name, my talk was, caregivers have to be selfish in order to survive, and some people don't like that word selfish because it's it's not a nice word. But my point of my story was that most caregivers are selfless. You know, they will give and give and give till there's nothing left to give until they burn out. And yeah. so for them, the pendulum has to swing so far over towards selfish as opposed to selfless that that's what it's going to take for them to just become balanced because a selfless person can never be selfish, but they can become more selfish so that maybe that's – a balance of selfless and selfish. Um, what do you think of that? Uh, do you believe that um, selfless people who are not taking care of themselves need to be more, quote-unquote, selfish? Oh, absolutely, if you want to use that word. However okay. it is, it really is looking after yourself because, you know, if you make yourself ill looking after somebody else, then you're now become somebody somebody else has to look after. Right. So somebody else is not going to have to worry about you, Right. So caregivers don't grow on trees, you know. Caregivers don't definitely grow on trees. And, you know, you look at the pandemic and you look at the the amount of, you know, I suppose professional caregivers between doctors and nurses and allied professionals, the amount of people that are now kind of stepping, you know, stepping back and stepping out, they're very hard to replace people like that. So what I like to do is to try to create a partnership between the carer and the the caregiver and the person being cared for. Like, everybody has a little part to play, (laughs) I think, in it. You know, even when I was a doctor, I would like have it that my patients have a part. I can't take all of your burdens on my coronaries. You have to (laughs) look a little bit after your own coronaries. Can look after mine, otherwise I'll have a stroke and there won't be either of us here. You know? So there is a there is the sense of it kind of is a little bit to teamwork. But like you said, I think the, the caregiver does need to be a little bit more ruthless about themselves and keeping yeah. themselves well and whatever that takes. And sometimes it takes it to be a little you know, it well, the car is selfish, but it's like say it, it's it is as selfish it's as selfish as putting your oxygen mask on first when your child is sitting there next to you gasping for breath. You know? Because if you don't put your mask on first, then you'll black out, and now you're both in trouble. Listen, we're going to take another, we're gonna take another break. At the same time, yeah. We'll be right back. We're going to take another break, so don't go away. Reclaim your caregiver sanity with Dave Nassani's book, It's My Life Too. 
Caring for someone with an illness or condition who is expected to live for a relatively long period of time is a specific and unique challenge. This book pinpoints the needs and strategies a caregiver must do for themselves in order to survive, thrive, and make caregiving a rewarding, gratifying experience. So get your copy of It's My Life 2 today or buy one for your special caregiver. It's My Life 2 is available at Amazon.com and CaregiverDave.com. Discover the world's largest anti-aging organization, Life Extension. For the best information, vitamins, and supplements, you just can't beat Life Extension. To start extending your life, go to the HealthyLife.net advertiser page and click on the Life Extension banner. One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words by Dave Nassani is the book that helps you overcome and perhaps even prevent the hardships associated with strokes. Dave takes you on his journey and experience with his own wife, Charlene, a stroke survivor. This book tells you everything about strokes to help you and your loved ones survive without making costly mistakes that may save a life or a brain from irreparable damage. One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words. The book is available on Amazon.com or order it from fine bookstores everywhere. If you want USA and worldwide car rentals, choose rentacar.com. Free cancellations on most bookings, no hidden charges. They are trusted by over 4 million customers. Visit our advertiser page and click on the Rent-A-Car banner. Guilt, fear, loneliness, burnout. These are just some of the things caregivers feel. But now there's hope. CaregiverDave.com is a membership website with an understanding community designed around supporting you. With a little perspective, planning, and practical help, you can become a thriving caregiver. Start by visiting caregiverdave.com. Get weekly calls, practical solutions, and free resources. Plus, when you sign up, you'll get a 30-minute coaching call free. Don't wait. Go to caregiverdave.com and join now. Remember, get positive emotions at www.healthylife.net. Hey, we're back with the Caregiver Dave show with my guest, Eileen Forrestville, <laughs> and we're Very talking good. about caregivers and burnout, and she has a book um, that everyone should buy to help you learn to care for yourself, self-care. And so, uh, Eileen, why don't you tell us more about um, caring for others and not caring for ourselves per- perpetuates the cycle. What does that mean? Well, again, it's like it perpetuates the cycle. I think if you're, if you, if you don't take care of yourself while you, you think you're taking care of somebody else, then the cycle of somebody else having to take care of you starts. You know, I think whereas if, if I'm caring for somebody, I have to care for myself in order for me to be able to care for this other person. Mm-hmm. And if I don't care for myself, I'm expecting somebody else is going to have to care for me. That's right. So it's like, it's such, and then you're always kind of passing it back the way. Whereas <laughs> if most of us really do our small bit where we are with what we have to take care of ourselves, <laughs> you know, we're quite a small package. You know, we don't really, you know, it doesn't take much to care for us, like individually, as opposed to, you know, a population. When you look at the population that has to be cared for, like out there, whereas if everybody's doing their small bit, just to be to take care of ourselves, 
in a small way, we're looking after a little bit of our, you know, our exercise and we're getting our diet and we're keeping our friendships right and we're keeping our relationships kind of healthy and we're just kind of trotting along and we're kind of enjoying ourselves and having kind of a pretty good time as we can with what we have. Then the chances of us really needing other people to care for us, you know, and needing all of those other resources. You know, sometimes I think we look outside further out than we should. I think the nearest and dear, there are people nearer to us. Yeah. But that we can take care of ourselves in a smaller circuit if we're, if we're, you know, we trust the people we, you know, to, to, you know, to be open with them and say if we're struggling or if we need any help or we need something. And then not to have to try and be, you know, this super person who's going to do everything and then get completely burnt out. It, it doesn't work. You know, you can't. How, um, how serious is the problem of loneliness um, for caregivers and for the loved ones. I would say, I would say, I would say huge. I would say huge. I'd say a lot of caregivers don't necessarily, you know, meet with other caregivers or don't get an opportunity to share support. the concerns that they have with other that other support. And it's hard to obviously get time to meet people or to find, you yeah. know, other people that you can talk to sure. or whatever. It's it, absolutely. It's it really is. It, it is critical, and it, that just takes some effort. To kind of find out and reach out and find somebody. <laughs> somebody is like, I need to talk to somebody. Will you listen to me for ten minutes? You know, pick up the phone, or you know, we have Zoom, or it's just easy say, now you know, with look, the internet. Yeah, it's easy with the internet. Or you can just say, look, I have to get out for five minutes. I've got to get my give my headspace. You'd have to sit there, do that for five minutes while I go and do this. You know, and and, and connect. It, it really, connection is absolutely, absolutely critical. Because it can be a very, very lonely uh, job. I think if you are caring and you're maybe a sole carer and you have the burden of care and then people have left you to care and probably you've trained them. <laughs> I know people who have trained their families to not get involved because they're the sole carer. And then they blame the families for not getting involved. I think that's yeah. <laughs> And caregivers should not isolate themselves, you know. No. And no. they should not, you know, uh, burden their friends with their problems. Save that for your support group. Because nobody wants to hear you talk about, you know, what a terrible day you had and, and you know, talking about your loved one and this and that. Uh, they're going to go away. Nobody loves to be around a Debbie Downer. So save the support kind of things for your support group and save your friends for the things that you've always done that made you friends. You know, if you used to go out to the movies, then keep going out to the movies. If you went out for coffee, keep going out for coffee. Whatever mm -hmm. it is you were doing, keep doing it. Save yeah. those people and cherish them. Don't yeah. ruin those relationships with, with dumping on them about your terrible day. No, no. And, and, you know, perhaps we can, you know, there are friendships as well that will, you know, tolerate a certain amount of you being, certain you know, amount. really open. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, like friendships do, you know, survive a lot, if, you know, friendships. If they're and good, think, yes. Yeah, exactly. So maybe trust your friends that they, they you know, that they're, they, they understand that you're having a moment. <laughs> you, maybe maybe you Irish need, friends. You need a moment. Maybe Irish friends are more sympathetic and empathetic and understanding than American friends. I, I hope not, but, you know. I don't know. Well, you know, maybe, maybe our sense of community is a little bit different. You know, maybe is. we're nearer to communities where there might have been, you know, closer. You know, we've always said, like, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes yeah. a village nearly to do everything, yeah, <laughs> you know. Right. Even to be a carer, it's still Especially needs... if you're a little tiny people. island, you know, in the middle of the right. ocean. Exactly, you know, and, you know, we can all see ourselves as little islands as well, and, you know, we have to kind of not be the island. We have to kind of go out and, you know, maybe sometimes we have to swim <laughs> or throw a life raft to somebody else, you know. Or if somebody's thrown us a life raft, accept us. Yeah. Yes. And community is so important. 
Listen, we're going to take another break, so we will be right back. Don't go away. Guilt, fear, loneliness, burnout. These are just some of the things caregivers feel. But now there's hope. CaregiverDave.com is a membership website with an understanding community designed around supporting you. With a little perspective, planning, and practical help, you can become a thriving caregiver. Start by visiting CaregiverDave.com. Get weekly calls, practical solutions, and free resources. Plus, when you sign up, you'll get a 30-minute coaching call free. Don't wait. Go to CaregiverDave.com and join now. Constant Contact and your small business make a perfect fit for marketing. They give you what you need to succeed. Fast and easy email marketing at your fingertips. Visit the HealthyLife.net advertiser page and click on Constant Contact to start your marketing. Reclaim your caregiver sanity with Dave Nassani's book, It's My Life Too. Caring for someone with an illness or condition who is expected to live for a relatively long period of time is a specific and unique challenge. This book pinpoints the needs and strategies a caregiver must do for themselves in order to survive, thrive, and make caregiving a rewarding, gratifying experience. So get your copy of It's My Life Too today or buy one for your special caregiver. It's My Life Too is available at Amazon.com and CaregiverDave.com. Get high-quality glasses, sunglasses, and prescription lenses at eyeglasses.com. Choose from over 250,000 items and 400 brands. Already have frames? Get replacement lenses. It's easy. Go to our advertiser page and click eyeglasses.com. One arm, one leg. 100 Words by Dave Nassani is the book that helps you overcome and perhaps even prevent the hardships associated with strokes. Dave takes you on his journey and experience with his own wife, Charlene, a stroke survivor. This book tells you everything about strokes to help you and your loved ones survive without making costly mistakes that may save a life or a brain from irreparable damage. One arm, one leg, 100 words. The book is available on Amazon.com or order it from fine bookstores everywhere. When you need a positive point of view, turn to HealthyLife.net, your 24-7 radio network for a better future. And welcome back to the Caregiver Dave Show. Uh, I'm Caregiver Dave, and we are with our guest, Eileen Forrestal. And we're talking about caregiving and burnout and all sorts of things that caregivers need to hear to get the concept of self-care. Um, tell us about uh, community and the importance of community, Eileen. Oh, I think community. I think community is everything. You know, none of us are surviving, you know, outside of community. We really... and. It's, it's um, you know, whether it's your geographical area where you're physically living or whether it's a community of friends or a community of, you know, bird watchers or whatever you, whatever your group is where you share or your community of caregivers. It's where you get to connect with other people <laughs> and you can share something similar, you know, in this particular Support community. Exactly, and support is just like, you know, if, if, if you're having a good day, tell people you're having a good day, and if you're having not such a good day, tell people you're having not such a good day, and if you want tomorrow to be better, then maybe tomorrow will be better, and, you know. Yeah, because caregivers need I to learn it, 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 that, just, that it's normal to struggle, it's normal to have a bad day, 
but that it's just temporary. You know, a lot of suicides are up, especially among caregivers, because they're doing something permanent mm -hmm. through a temporary problem. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I was I was talking about this, you know, there's also different personalities, you know, and there's a personality like mine that's very immediate, has to be now, <laughs> has to be now. And then, or, or else I'm looking like way off into the future and I can see like way off into the future. And then there are other people who are just very much, it is very much day by day by day. And it's just take each day as it comes, very grounded. It's like, well, what's today going to bring? So there's different people, different kinds of people have different sorts of expectations. So it's almost to know what kind of caregiver are you, you know, and what kind of thing do you need? And it might be different to, uh, you know, it's like another person. You can't be comparing yourself to, oh, that they're a certain type or they have a different, you know, family situation or a different, you know, they might be caring for, so some people are caring for children, some people are caring for older people. Like it doesn't, it, 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 everybody will have a different circumstance, but you'll also have a different personality. But you have also got different things that you'll have learned, you'll have different experiences. Your experiences can help somebody else. You know, you can, it's, it's, um, it, and all of that kind of gets in that melee of when you're actually, um, in the community of people who can understand where you're at. It's like you do probably have to, you know, if I, I mean, I didn't have any children, right? But so many of my friends, they met all community at the school gate. Mm -hmm. I said, well, they all had children going to school together. Like, there was a community. And I'm like completely excluded. I said, really? Well, but it was like, but that's fine. They're not my community. And then I would have my community of the people that I was kind of doing stuff with. And it just, but at least you had the people that you connected with. Otherwise, you'd be looking over there thinking, oh, no, I should be over there. <laughs> no, you're where you are. And the, your community is your community, and it's just to embrace your community. And there's a privilege, really, to being, to being in some, in some, um, you know. I mean, I've just, I, I've heard the most amazing, amazing stories of people who are caregivers, and just, the, just the phenomenal growth I think that that is as a person, to become something for another human being who is yeah. vulnerable or who is, you know, helpless or whatever it is, and then who that lets you as a caregiver become, really to be acknowledged. I mean, don't underestimate the gift of caregivers in the world, really. Yeah. Now, I don't know how bad the pandemic was in Ireland, because uh, you're just a tiny little island, <laughs> mm. but how did it affect you guys, and how does it affect caregivers and the whole concept of care? Well, I think we're probably seeing a little bit now that it's, as it's impacting uh, you know, st staffing, so people who were dependent on support as a caregiver right so you're you're giving care we say if I, if my friend has her dad like he's 96 but she has some people coming in to help her okay at certain hours whatever in the day you know certain the care packages but as they get have to isolate from the pandemic then it's less there's less people so there's less people to support the people and I think that's what's happening everywhere. There's less nurses, there's less doctors, there's less care. There's a shortage of everything. You know, there's a shortage of everything. And there's an expansion of the people who are need, in need of care. So that's what I'm saying. So people who are potentially in need of care, look after yourself. <laughs> you know, really, it's up to people like me who are well to stay well so that I don't add to the burden of care out there on the people who are needing the care. Mm. So, you know, I have my... <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my best. I haven't. I've been pretty much isolated for like two years. <laughs> you are a jolly old soul, aren't you? 
but but I've been so connected because this is an amazing platform that we have here. Look at this. I can I can I don't know. I can I mean I can walk. I, I mean I have really lovely countryside around me. You know me and my local park or like best pals. You got a really lovely and countryside to live there, don't you? It's a yeah. It's a lovely countryside. I'm really I'm very blessed. I'm grateful. You know I wouldn't be the same. I'm sure if I was you know in a city or in a high rise, I would have to have you know a different thing. But this is this is mine. You know this is what I'm blessed with. So I as I say, I'm very grateful for my circumstances. But that's, Do you um, live near any castles? Well, kind of. We have a beautiful hotel, actually, Castle. It's a, ah. it's a castle converted. It's Mercury Castle. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's Sligo here. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's lovely. Yeah. So we have a few. Yeah. Ireland one day. Yeah, yeah. We have. We certainly have a very interesting history. Yeah. But here, actually, we have, like, older than Castle. We're older than New or, you know, Stonehenge here. Like, a lot of our, our oh. stuff is, like, way older than Castle. We're, like, into the... We're in the midst of time here. We kind of go into the, <laughs> the next dimension, <laughs> practically. Oh. Is, into, is Stonehenge yeah. in England or in uh, Ireland? That's Stonehenge in England. In England, yeah. In England. Okay. But we but kind of have... We have things like Carrowmore, you know, which would be, like, six, seven, ten thousand years. Oh, wow. Old, like, way, way back. They're just, like, stone circles. They're, like, even smaller. You know, they're more... Even more... Sure. So no shortage of, of places for a caregiver to go to get away, get out in nature, and just, um, you know, relax and uh, well, exactly. get, decompress. But then, and decompress, yeah. And then you have to be able to, you know, have handed over that somebody else has taken your place. You know, you probably lots of things to manage. I mean, I completely get, like, managing is 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 thing. And to have a structure, and to but to have your structure there, to have your schedule, and then really keep to that as best you possibly can. But to pencil in time for you has got to be in the schedule. Yeah. People who don't put to put themselves in the schedule, that's <laughs> that's not a good thing. You have to put yourself in the schedule, you know. And even if you were calling it something else, call it self care. <laughs> you call it you call it like shopping. Call it self care. <laughs> Call it something, you know, I love, that gives I love, you a little boost. I love the way you say lighting up versus burning out it takes courage to shine, which is the title of your book. Uh, yeah. Talk about that. And um, I think we've got about two more minutes before we end the show. Mm-hmm. And we can uh, end yeah. on that. You can tell people how to get the book and uh, anything else that I forgot to mention that you'd like to discuss. Mm-hmm. No, well, I just, I just think burning out is quite sad. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's becoming very pervasive. And we do have to take back the reins. You know, nobody's going to stop me burning out if I don't stop myself from burning out. Really. You know, it's like, if I'm waiting for somebody else to do it, I can wait. <laughs> you know, unless I ask <laughs> and maybe demand, you know, then I may or may not. You know, so it's really kind of up to, it is up to me to kind of manage my, my time and, you know, my, my thing, even in the context of being a, being a caregiver. Like, I'm not saying that anything is easy, as I said, I'm not passing anything. I haven't done it to any major extent myself. All of my caregiving, I say, was in the context of hospitals and the context of intensive care units and all that. But I suppose I see the extreme end of where self-care was neglected. And then, you know, people, you know, and maybe people who, you know, maybe, you know, could have avoided being at a certain um, stage of, of being, having to be cared for, you know, and most, a lot of things we can't prevent, but some things we can, you know, especially things like car accidents when you get into the car and you've been, you know, when you shouldn't. This. Like we've had a lot of deaths here over the Christmas now from car accidents, oh, you know, it's been quite sad. So. Too much. So, yeah, no, that was just it. Yeah, look, you know, I like, you know, I don't like to see, you know, people leaving the profession. Like, you know, the caring profession is really, it's really um, rewarding, and it's really a shame to see people, you know, being so stressed out over it that they have to leave because it just leaves a big hole in society. And uh, who's going to fill it? You know, <laughs> so we have to care for the carers. 
but the carer has to care for the carer as well. Like you have to be your that's own right. best friend on this. Yeah, that's right. In, in Europe, they call them carers instead of caregivers. Same thing. Carers. I can't. Yeah. I can't believe how fast our time has gone today. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for coming on the show, um, oh, Eileen. How can how can listeners reach you or get a hold of your book? Oh, the book is on Amazon. It's just on Eileen Forrest, Still the Courage to Shine. It's on Amazon, and uh, that's really it. And if they want to contact you for any reason, contact me. Yeah, my website is Eileen Forrest. The weather is in uh, Ireland or something. And they want to talk about the weather. Yeah, you know, you can find me on Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever. You know, I'm just kind of, I'm just generally, I generally show up most places. (laughs) Anywhere I'm invited. (laughs) You're so funny. Okay, and again, a reminder that all our live shows become recorded pod and video casts on our uh, blogs and our platforms mentioned before, like YouTube, Blog Talk Radio, Podbean, etc., and many more. And don't forget uh, our membership website, caregiverdave.com. Lots of tools, resources, and free gifts. And, of course, this show is on the healthylife.net uh, network live. And then in the um, in the section, uh, what is the name of that thing? Uh, archive section. Sometimes words escape me. <laughs> but if you happen to see uh, on what platform you're watching, uh, a little like button or heart button, go ahead and click it because it helps us reach even more caregivers by improving Google's search engine algorithms. And so, again, to all my listeners out there, thank you so much for tuning in each and every week and making us the number one caregiver podcast on the Internet. So until next week, same time, same channel, uh, God bless, God richly bless you, and bye-bye. One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words by Dave Nassani is the book that helps you overcome and perhaps even prevent the hardships associated with strokes. Dave takes you on his journey and experience with his own wife, Charlene, a stroke survivor. This book tells you everything about strokes to help you and your loved ones survive without making costly mistakes that may save a life or a brain from irreparable damage. One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words. The book is available on Amazon.com or order it from fine bookstores everywhere. For the best in business class travel, count on Cheapo Air. Cheapo Air has the best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service, and easy booking online or by phone. To experience your hassle-free journey, start by going to HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Cheapo Air. Reclaim your caregiver sanity with Dave Nassani's book, It's My Life Too. Caring for someone with an illness or condition who is expected to live for a relatively long period of time is a specific and unique challenge. This book pinpoints the needs and strategies a caregiver must do for themselves in order to survive, thrive, and make caregiving a rewarding, gratifying experience. So get your copy of It's My Life 2 today or buy one for your special caregiver. It's My Life 2 is available at Amazon.com and CaregiverDave.com. Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, build muscle, or just live healthy, Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. Guilt, fear, loneliness, burnout. These are just some of the things caregivers feel. But now there's hope. CaregiverDave.com is a membership website with an understanding community designed around supporting you. With a little perspective, planning, and practical help, you can become a thriving caregiver. Start by visiting CaregiverDave.com. Get weekly calls, practical solutions, and free resources. Plus, when you sign up, you'll get a 30-minute coaching call free. 
Don't wait. Go to caregiverdave.com and join now. The Bright Side of Talk, HealthyLife.net. Thank you for listening to the Caregiver's Caregiver radio program with Dave Nassani. 